and welcome to the Pink Sheep Tales podcast. Pink Sheep Tales? What's this all about, I hear you ask? Well, the name is based on the old saying, Black Sheep of the Family, and Tales, T-A-L-E-S, is a play on words because we'll be hearing people's life stories. So through this podcast, I'm so excited to be able to share these remarkable stories from inspirational children and adults with you. These everyday people are building amazing businesses, excelling in their careers, exceptional in their industries, choosing unique career paths, and all in the name of living their best life. My goal is to encourage listeners to follow their passions and be inspired by our pink sheep who have and are doing just that. So let's do it. Let's open the gate and hear this week's Pink Sheep Tale. So welcome back, everyone. Tessa and I have just finished our interview, and I always love hearing from our little Pink Sheep's parents. So mummy and daddy Pink Sheep. (laughs) So we've grabbed Michael and Megan, who are Tessa's parents, and they've graciously said that they will come on and um, ex- give us more of a background of Tessa and themselves. And I hear that there's a really good love story to share as well. So we must hear about that. Um, so I'll welcome Michael and Megan to the Pink Sheep Tales podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you again for um, giving me your Sunday to interview Tessa and yourself. So it's really appreciated. Um, so, as we usually start, just to give everyone a bit of a background on who we're speaking with, would you like to give us a little background of yourselves um, as much as you'd like, professionally, personally? So, let's start with Megan. Sure. With uh, people might be able to hear in the background, we've got Tessa, who's, <laughs> um, who's keeping, keeping things in order in the back in the background there and doing a bit of producing maybe we'll say to <laughs> keep things running smoothly. As you know my name's Megan, um, we, I have been married to the lovely Michael for 20 years, we just celebrated last oh, congratulations. year and we have two wonderful girls who we're very lucky to have, so Eliza and Tessa who you've already been speaking with and um, so I thought I would start my I guess career as a primary school teacher but as luck would have it that didn't quite pan out and ever since then I've been working in the field of human resources now for quite some time. Oh fantastic and Michael how about yourself? Uh, well I'm an engineer at the moment uh, I grew up in Western Australia in Perth and um, studied over there and then um, went traveling and met this person called Megan who was from Brisbane and we moved over here in 2001 and we've been here since and I'm still doing engineering related work but also play in the space of um, corporate innovation and uh, assisting organizations to do that better oh fantastic mm. you've you have another extra to your portfolio as well I do I play the flute oh and mm. something else something else you're um your graphic designing I do, I do, yeah. I've got an interest in maths, being an engineer, and I'm also interested in how maths and art and music all fit together. And so over the years I've played with turning maths into something that looks nice, a graphic design. So I've been playing with fractals and things like that Mm. over the years and produced those sorts of photos. Mm. And they're fantastic. They're good fun. Yeah, so Mm. a 
proud of Michael taking that big step last year into that. Excellent, excellent, Michael. Mm-hmm. Young Tessa, she's in year eight. Yes. Uh, but in our conversations that we've had through the months and then just before, you could see the organizing spark in her eyes from a very young age. So um, I know one of the occasions was Megan's parents giving her a cleaning trolley. Mm. So they, so um, so my parents saw her interest in cleaning and tidying from the very get-go <laughs> and when she would have been not long after walking, so perhaps about three, um, found a little cleaning trolley um, and gave it to her and that had a little mop and bucket and she pushed it around and um, tied it away. <laughs> and um, uh, then a little bit further on, when she was a little bit older, I do recall one Christmas we actually went to Bunnings to buy her a special broom with the flip-down uh, dustbin Ooh. attachment um, because that was a little bit of a favourite too. We must have been somewhere and she saw one of those. So some unusual presents, you would say, for a child. Um, but yes, from from very early days, lots of busy tidying and organising. Yes, mm. and... Michael, I believe her first venture was with your shoes. Yeah, yeah. I've got a distinct memory of Tessa um, tidying shoes in the shoe rack just in front of the door, the front door of the house. And she hadn't spoken very much, if at all, from memory at that time. And then one afternoon, I remember her standing up very straight and pointing directly at my shoes, which to a two-year-old would have probably appeared pretty big because I'm six foot plus yes and she pointed at them and she said dad's shoes <laughs> and that were the first two words that i heard that made sense or a sentence i suppose and it was all about arranging the shoes so, wow mm, yeah very early on oh gosh well i think it's fantastic and it's totally not bizarre for me because i'm like mm, yes i totally remember <laughs> having those feelings of wanting to organize and everything so yeah it's fantastic and i love that she's such a sweet young lady and can see that her talent in organizing can help the family and with tessa's initiative to organize Mm. and help with the family how Mm. does that impact on day-to-day life for yourselves i think tessa's interest and and skill in that area translates into organizing her time really well so you, you probably talked about tessa's interest in dancing in her podcast Tessa does a lot of dance lessons, which is great for a mind and a body and making friends. Um, it means that we have a busy schedule. And so organisation and planning ahead and making sure things are neat and done on time is really important. So Tessa's been able to translate that interest and skill of tidying up at the tennis court or with a plastic trolley into managing her time at high school and, and organising her locker to go with her at high school so everything is in place ready to go. And that helps in a busy schedule. I think she's done that more or less um, off her own bat and has taken it upon herself to organise herself in that way so she can manage what she likes to do, which is dancing and um, obviously being organised. Yeah, Mm. and that is fantastic because sometimes it can be very overwhelming for children, particularly um, this is her second year of high school and it's much different to primary school. So having that natural ability and interest to be organised and keep life running smoothly is a major help. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think too she has inspired us to, I guess, 
get a little bit more organised ourselves and um, Tess and I do quite a bit of organising together but that's primarily prompted by her and I would say um, that she's really, her organising has got us organised and better functioning as a a family. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, and it's so great. Like another thing we have in common, Tessa, is we're the youngest. (laughs) Maybe. Mm, We'll have to do a little study on that to see if there's something with the youngest and organising, I'm not sure. And when you go on your little ventures to Ikea... How, how long do you think an average trip would be? Well, we're getting better because we try to plan first. So often together or with Tessa, she will have done a map or a little bit of a plan of what we might need um, before we venture out. But it's, you know, it's a little bit of a lost pit that you can get a little bit, uh, a little bit lost in, find a little bit easier to tackle Kmart. Um, not quite so overwhelming. Um, but generally, it's you know, it's about a about an hour, hour and a half probably trip with IKEA. Mm. Mm. So much to look at. Mm. Yeah, mm. so much. Oh gosh. So with Tessa managing her time, yeah. as we we're saying, that impacts on the entire family. Mm. Yeah. So that would help yourselves mm. in because you've got busy professional lives as well. Mm. Um, in keeping your lives running smooth with work and getting everywhere on time so absolutely we're at that stage of life where it's all very busy and everything seems to be about logistics Um, and we often say we rarely have time to talk about anything else other than logistics of who needs to be where and when Um, but very helpful to have um, Tessa helping to get us organized and that even comes down to um, lots of timetabling, and I have to say, Eliza is very good at the timetabling oh, as well, so we oh, shouldn't forget that. No, yes. no, excellent. And Tessa was very proud of um, the ironing station. Yeah, yeah, that was an IKEA trip as well, but it was a lot of planning beforehand. So we worked out the functionality of it and what we didn't want to see and what we did want to see in that space to make it look neat and tidy. And the good thing about that trip to Ikea was we went down with a plan and then we started looking at stuff and the details of the plan changed and we were able to negotiate that change and come up with a different solution than what we originally planned, but a better one. And I think also having that flexibility that that Tessa showed then is, is... something that is not easy as well so you've got to stick with why you're doing something and then come to a better solution than perhaps you had before and that's a good good skill to have as well so we did that there's we're still talking about it there's still room for improvement here and there but it's much better than it used to be yeah Mm. it looks fantastic Mm. looks fantastic and it's great you've great family communication open communication system and it's really lovely like I always pick up on you've got a very loving family and very open and caring with each other and respectful of everyone's difference um different opinions or different ways of doing things and different skills and uh, it's really lovely so um, it's great because sometimes that could have turned into quite a situation yeah <laughs> we, do. we are very mindful of that because often particularly with Eliza sometimes she finds the systems um cause a little bit of stress if she doesn't stick with the planned system that's being put in place Mm. 
Um, but I think we've worked through all levels of compromise around that mm. and come up with something that works yep. for everybody. Oh, that's mm. fantastic. Sorry. Well done, Tessa. We're all very proud of you. Absolutely. Excellent, excellent. Absolutely. Let's talk about this love story. <laughs> mm. Please tell us because we love love stories. I think circumstances and people sort of align at a point in time and it becomes clear that that's what it's all about. And so situations might arise, but the people might not be ready or vice versa. And when Megan and I met, both those things um, aligned. And um, because I had been in Sydney working for a couple of years as an engineer there, not the most exciting job in the world. So I, before I met Megan, I decided to move from Sydney back to Perth and do my PhD back there. And I teed up all the paperwork, so I was going travelling before I went back to Perth. So I was in a sort of a um, transition period with you know no no real immediate commitments, just a few years of study coming up, and. Um, I think Megan was in a similar position as well. Mm. I'd been working for a few years and had intended to have a bit of a short holiday with yeah. a friend that suddenly turned into, oh, let's go for a bit longer and um, let's throw in our jobs and go travelling. Mm. So yeah. that's where I was at. So we would have both mm. been in our early 20s. Mm. 20s yeah, you had mm. your um, 25th birthday. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. So anyway, I was I was in the office in Sydney and I knew I was going to resign and go back to Perth. So I wanted to travel internationally and I was thinking Africa, South America, Africa, South America. Strangely enough, I was thinking Africa, <laughs> South America, oh, Africa, South America. So Ooh. I chose South America and Megan chose South America apparently. Huh? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So that was the first step. That was the first step. So you yeah. had met each other by this point? No, no, no. still hadn't met. I was no, in that's Sydney. just the backstory. Oh. Megan was in Brisbane. Oh. Um, coincidentally, we both chose to go to South America, having weighed up those two continents. Mm-hmm. And then um, we, I, I, I was sort of wanting a bit of structure, a bit of help with logistics, getting around the place, and not a waste of holiday on working out how to get from here to here or where's a good place to eat or something. So I was looking at different. Um, not Kentucky tours, but a tour or a group where someone would get us somewhere, leave us for a couple of days, and then pick us up and then take us next place. So that sort of take out that hassle. Guided so, tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do do your own thing here for a couple of days, but I'll then take you from here to here. So we, um, I picked this particular tour, um, Peregrine, I think it was back then. This is mm-hmm. '98, and um, yeah, signed up for that and and uh, went across to South America with a guy from the office. Um, we travelled together, and um, the first stop on that was on that tour was La Paz, which is Bolivia, capital of Bolivia. And um, uh, we'd been in Argent- um, Chile a little bit before that, but went up in um, in Bolivia to kick this thing off, and that was where Megan and I met. Oh, so yeah, yeah, so we met in La Paz, Bolivia. Yes, and Senor. I. I had been travelling with a friend, so we had gone for longer and he had wanted to return to Paraguay. He'd done exchange there, so we'd been through Paraguay and Chile and Argentina and I'd been working in the travel industry, so I'd managed to secure a pretty good deal on this tour, which he didn't want to do, but I did, so (laughs) we compromised and we did half of the trip um, (laughs) 
as as he wanted to do it and then half on the tour and so at that point that's when we hooked up on the tour and I met Michael and that trip went for five weeks all through um, Bolivia, Bolivia, Peru Peru and Ecuador Ecuador. Mm. and we probably knew not long in that there was something there mm. and the night before we had started the started to the hike up to Machu Picchu we um, I guess hooked up mm-hmm. as you would say <laughs> and um, and yeah and so and carried on our travels mm. and um, at the point at the end of that I was destined to be going on to the UK and Michael was returning to oh. Australia to a well, yeah, well, I was going back to Perth via Sydney. Before I went to South America and before I met Megan, I'd bought tickets to see U2 at the Sydney Footy Stadium. Oh. I've been a big U2 fan since 1984. That's another story. <laughs> and it was the first time I was going to see him. Megan, U2, Megan, U2. I went with U2. I went with U2. I went <laughs> back and saw U2 in Sydney. <laughs> Yes. So after oh, five weeks, it was a good concert. I mean, yeah. Big concert. Bono is a, a big, mm, oh, big draw yeah. card. Oh dear. Yeah. So yeah. So Michael departed. Um, I stayed on in South America and went to the Galapagos Islands, did mm. a little bit wow. more travel, and then went on to the UK. Um, that was to the work. original plan, though. Because mm, yeah. that was the original plan, and we were very conscious that this. We were trying to be sensible and was this a holiday romance, but we knew it really wasn't, but still tried to be sensible about that. And um, I think I lasted probably, I lasted about four months in the UK and I came home and came back to Brisbane, packed my bags, Michael came over and met my family and then I moved to Perth. Oh, and so this is before the days of social media. Yes. So how were you keeping in touch with each other? Lots of phone calls, letters and phone calls, letters, letters. and And neither of us had any money at the time. And I remember you even sent me over some money at one stage to help pay for the phone calls. Oh, do you have the letters still? Yes. Oh. On the old airmail. Yeah. Yes. Light airmail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how uh, cute. What are they again? The, you know the ones that are the letter and yeah. the envelope? Aerogram. Oh, yeah. Aerograms. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick up the sides and the yeah. bottom. Yes. Yeah. So there was, as with many romances, there were lots of mixtapes involved. There we go. <laughs> uh, yes, lots of aerograms. And... Um, Remember when I got back to Perth um, through Sydney after seeing you two? Went... Back to Perth, and I thought, oh, I've got to tell Mum and Dad about what's happened in South America. So I remember very clearly, Mum uh, and Dad's house in Perth, the steps, and Mum was sitting on the steps, and I was sort of standing at the bottom. And I said to Mum, I've met a girl in South America. I could see her face has just gone white, oh. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, Does she speak English? <laughs> I said, well, sort of. She's from Queensland. I mean, so, uh, so yeah, more or less, but not what you think, Mum. <laughs> and then, and then, both both our parents were very supportive of us, which would not have been easy being a parent now. I understand it would have been difficult, but they mm. trusted us. And um, so that was January, February, March '98, and then we we're married in uh, October '99. 
We're wow. engaged beginning of 99. Mm. So everyone thought I was a bit bonkers moving to Perth oh, for yeah. some guy that I'd known for five weeks. Marrying a West Australian can't end well, but it has. Oh, it has, it has. Oh, I think that's lovely. It's a movie. It's a movie mm. script. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was yeah, October 99. And um, it was nice because we had our wedding. Uh, it was a 10 o'clock wedding for a lunchtime reception. And um, much of Megan's family was on the East Coast and uh, or overseas. And many of them hadn't been to Perth before. So it was a nice trip for lots of people to come to mm. Perth. And we had a, a reception at a place called Jojo's on the Swan River, which is um, not there anymore. But it was a restaurant out on a on a jetty. And so it was over the water. And um, all these people who hadn't been to Perth before were there. And they were standing out on the deck that looked across to the city and, and South Perth. And this pot of dolphins went past in the river. Oh, wow. So it was a nice day. Oh, nice day perfect. For a mm. Word mm. was out. Mm. Yeah. Mother's in the air. Impress these right. eastern staters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that oh, was really that's lovely. fantastic. Oh, I mm. think that's really sweet. Mm. What a great. Have you been back to South America? We toyed with it. No, not yet. Yeah. No, I've been talking about it. Maybe yeah. that might be somewhere we 20, could go with the girls. Twenty-five years. Mm. Yeah. 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 Some, oh. Yeah. That's great. Oh, thank you for sharing that because I know that's mm. a private story. But, that's right. Oh, it's such a good one mm. to share. Mm. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you again for Pleasure. your time and Pleasure. everything Thanks, today. Oh, mm. you're welcome. You're welcome. And um, we'll stay in touch. We're, I'll see you all the time. But um, <laughs> Annie um, had said to Tessa, anything she's got coming up in her life that she'd like to share with us, she's most welcome to and we'll continue um, following her along and can't wait till she's a professional dancer like she absolutely. her ambitious absolutely her ambition is yep. and um i said she's dedicated and organized and has such a lovely lo- young lady that it'll mm. happen yep. yeah well thanks to you christine for giving her a little bit of inspiration and push oh. because i always remember the day and it must have been a couple of years ago now where we came home and you noticed that tess was organized and you did a little system in her drawer oh, of folding, yes, that's right. and yeah. um, and so that was that was lovely encouragement for her Aww. as well. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's a nice story. I remember that day too. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, we've got an enthusiast here. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll sign off for the afternoon, and um, you've got some cookies to enjoy that Tessa's going to make. I've, yes. I've heard. Yes, yes they're so, yeah. Fantastic. Alrighty. That's great. So we'll, we'll sign up. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and I hope you really enjoyed this week's tale. Let me now invite you to pop over to our Facebook group called Pink Sheet Tales Podcast, and there you can stay up to date with all the exciting news from our Pink Sheep. You can also find myself at OCD, Organising, Cleaning and Decluttering Specialists on Facebook or on my website, ocdpro.com.au. Well, I'll catch you back here next week. Until then, enjoy yourself.